This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z, telling it like it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Truth Hurts program for June 1st, 2021. My name is Steve Z. Let's get started right away, shall we? President mopey, dopey, sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, muttering, stuttering, puttering, fluttering, bumbling, mumbling, fumbling, stumbling, gropey Joe Biden will announce steps today to do something that he claims is a real crisis, another manufactured Democrat-made crisis designed to play on the pandering to minorities and guilting of white people. President Gropey Joe will announce steps today to narrow the large and persistent racial wealth gap that allegedly divides black, Latino, and white Americans, although he will stop short of canceling student loan debt for minorities that is now being demanded by civil rights groups. Biden, as we know, is a Democrat. He will call for billions of dollars in grants and investments to benefit poor minority communities as well as a big increase in the federal procurement from small, disadvantaged, minority-owned businesses and impose a crackdown on alleged housing discrimination. Let me break this first paragraph down from this article in Reuters this morning written by Andrea Shalal. First of all, the wealth gap comes primarily due to the fact that some people work harder than others, some people are more educated than others, and some people have taken advantage of opportunities where others have not. It says Biden, a Democrat, will call for billions of dollars in grants and so-called investments to benefit poor minority communities. Really? So you're going to try to level the playing field by spreading the wealth around? Sounds like an Obama thing to me, gropey Joe. It also says, as well as a big increase in federal procurement from small disadvantaged minority-owned businesses. In other words, just because you are a minority and your business is located in the hood, the federal government will start buying from you, even if it means you've tripled the price, as long as it's got black skin on it, right? A crackdown on alleged housing discrimination. Well, let me see for a moment, folks. Alleged housing discrimination. My house is for sale. I don't care who buys it as long as I get my asking price. You can be black, Asian, Latino, or evil white people. I don't care. Buy my house, pay my price. Bye-bye. That's all I care about. When you're leaving a neighborhood, who gives a rat's ass who you're selling your house to? As long as they pay your price. Biden will allegedly unveil measures today during a visit to the Greenwood neighborhood of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where supposedly hundreds of black African Americans were massacred by an alleged white mob 100 years ago. This is part of a broader push by the Biden administration to reverse what he calls the lie of systemic racism and build on the executive actions that he took during his first week in office. Administration officials say they have no further news about any plans to cancel high levels of student debt. 
The measures include expanding federal contracting with small, so-called disadvantaged businesses by 50% to $100 billion over five years, basically putting white businesses out of business in favor of disadvantaged Black African American 13% minority businesses. Regardless of the quality, regardless of the price, if it's got black skin, $100 billion of federal spending will be spent on it. White people be damned. The federal government, by the way, is the world's largest purchaser of products. The world's largest purchaser of goods. Not just in the U.S., but in the entire Earth. He plans on carving out $10 billion of his so-called infrastructure plan, which has yet to be passed by Congress, to revitalize communities like Greenwood that suffer from persistent pro uh, poverty, historic disinvestment, and the ongoing displacement of longtime residents. I'm going to break that one down for you right quick, folks. To revitalize communities like Greenwood that suffer from persistent poverty. What about the residents of Greenwood going out and getting jobs? There's lots of jobs out there. Lots of jobs. Why don't you go get some jobs? Historic disinvestment. Let's see. You own a business in Greenwood, in the hood, near the projects, and half of your business walks out of the door in theft, in shrink, in not being paid for. How long can your business survive when half of your products go out the door without being paid for? Not very long. So businesses disinvest. They sell the property and they get the hell out of town. They go somewhere where they know they can sell their products to people who will actually buy them and not steal them. Disinvestment. And the ongoing displacement of longtime residents. I guess they just threw that in there because it sounded good. You can't displace a resident. No one from the government went into Greenwood and told families, you got to move out. It's not the occupied West Bank for crying out loud. The historic displacement of longtime residents. They can't find a job because the businesses have moved out because of the high theft, the high crime, the murders, and all the other garbage that goes on in certain neighborhoods. Longtime residents will have no choice but to leave. The article continues, targeting $15 billion in competitive grants to reconnect minority neighborhoods cut off in the past from schools, from jobs, and businesses by the building of highways. Oh yes, we're now back to the highways are racist lie manufactured by the Democrats. A highway is built to promote commerce. No one ever said, hey, let's cut off the black neighborhoods by building these highways around those black neighborhoods and then we'll only build businesses and schools on the white side of the highway and leave the black side without anything. No, that's not the way it works. Quit lying to the American people. Remember, half of the American people are stupid enough to believe your lie. He wants to spend $31 billion to support minority-owned businesses. Support is a dog whistle keyword for the Democrats to say, we're going to find a way to hand out some money to y'all, give y'all some freebies, give y'all some of this and some of this, something of that. In other words, we're going to pander for your votes. We're going to give you this and that. But just remember to vote Democrat in the fall. 
They'll be publishing new rules by the Department of Housing and Urban Development to aggressively combat the alleged discrimination in housing in America. There will be new interagency push to use standards enforcements and regulatory actions to reduce the gap in appraised values of minority and white communities that doubled between 1980 and 2015, according to some bullshit research by the University of Pittsburgh. In other words, we know there's a gap in the appraised values in minority communities as opposed to their white community counterparts. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because one group goes to Lowe's and the Home Depot and keeps up their property, and the other group lets their property fall into disrepair. And then now you expect the appraised values of these to be equitized? That's not a word, I don't think, but I, I've coined it. Equitized. I'm going to read that one again. A new interagency push to use standards, enforcement, and regulatory action to reduce the gap in appraised values between minority and white communities. Listen, if you're looking for a house and you go into a neighborhood and you see all of the houses in a neighborhood are well-maintained, the yards are manicured, the fences are not falling over, there's no graffiti sprayed on the walls or boarded up windows, the roofs appear to be in good shape, the shutters aren't falling off the house, there aren't 19 junk cars on blocks in the yards. Naturally, you're going to say that property is worth more than if you go to another neighborhood and the houses are literally falling apart. Patches on the roofs and blue tarps, broken windows, burglar bars on windows, cars jacked up on blocks in the front yards, fences falling down, shutters hanging, paint peeling. Naturally, that property will be worth less. Who the hell is going to pay the same price for a piece of crap in a neighborhood riddled with crime and drugs and prostitution, drive-by shootings and stabbings than they would for a similar-sized house in a nice, well-kept, well-maintained neighborhood? You cannot legislate that, gropey Joe. Oh, it sounds nice, and you might want to try, but it's not going to make white people want to move into a traditionally black neighborhood when they know that right now there's a target on the back of every white person in America. Nice try, though, Gropey Joe. Nice try as you live in your mansion when you're not at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., the new tax credit he's proposing for development and rehabilitation of homes in minority neighborhoods to close the gap in pricing on the open market is something else listed here. You understand what that means. That is a code, a buzz, a dog whistle word for we know your houses are falling apart because you don't take care of them. We gonna come in from the government and we gonna fix up your house for you while the white people have to go out and spend their hard-earned money at Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards or Gabriel Lumber Company to go and buy with their own hard-earned money the things necessary to keep up and maintain their own houses. Oh, no, 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 my friends. Here it is, written in black and white. A new tax credit for development and rehabilitation of homes in minority neighborhoods to close the gap in pricing on the open market. 
The article then says, why are these measures needed? Racial disparities persist over generations, limiting opportunities for wealth creation for black and Latino families and reducing their ability to pass on property to their children. That's what it says right here in the article. Racial disparities persist over generations? I don't know, friends. Data from the Survey of Consumer Finances shows that the median African american household had a net worth of $24,000 in 2019, 90% less than the median white household. Before I go any further, let's look at that particular data set from the Survey of Consumer Finances, which claims the median black household has a net worth of 24,000 in the year 2019, when compared to 90% higher median household incomes for white people. When measuring this, are we considering that there's a whole bunch of people of a certain minority who refuse to work, who love to just sit home on the government dole? Secondly, what are the education levels of these median blacks versus these median whites? The article continues, home ownership rates are much lower in communities of color. 49% of Latinos, 45% of blacks own their own homes compared with 74% of white people. The home ownership rate for African Americans declined 5% since 2001 as compared to a 1% drop for white Americans. And it's now the same as it was in 1968, which happens to be the year the Fair Housing Act was passed by Congress. This is happening under the Biden administration. The Biden administration. The Biden administration. Speaking of, the Biden administration has not set any specific targets for home ownership rates. Closing the gap, they say, will take significant effort and time. And of course, tax dollars, right? That COVID-19 relief plan passed by Congress included $10 billion in mortgage relief for 2 million borrowers who are seriously delinquent, according to this article, many of whom are homeowners of color. Are you listening to what is happening here? The Biden administration wants to take tax dollars from hardworking Americans of all races and simply go in and repair houses for black and Latino residents on the government dime so that they can increase the value of the properties for those people. What he doesn't realize is if the earning potential of those minorities is so much less than white people, what is Biden doing? His initiative will further keep black people and Latinos from owning their own homes. He is going to price them out of the market because if the blacks who do decide to take advantage of these programs actually use that money to fix their homes and not buy 42 inch wheels for their whip or spinning rims or gold teeth or whatever the hell else they might buy with that money, those prices are going to go up for those homes. And when those black home sellers go to sell their homes, chances are the other potential buyers will also be black or Latino and they will not be able to afford that new home at the new increased price. You cannot create wealth by increasing taxes on people. This is the Truth Hurts program.
Were you born black or brown or Asian? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Are you gay or lesbian or transgender? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Are you female or identify as female? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Were you born a midget, missing any fingers, toes, have a cleft palate, skin rash, birthmark, hairy mole, or any birth defect? Or are you just plain ugly? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Do you have diabetes, cancer, skin discoloration, or any other illness? If so, in America, you may be entitled to compensation. Are you overweight, underweight? Are you a dropout, a person from a broken home, or a child of a single parent? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Has anyone ever teased you, insulted you, or made any comments about your appearance, your hygiene, your height, your weight, your hair, your freckles, your baldness, the size of your ass or your breasts? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Have you ever had a confrontation with a police officer, a security guard, or even the hall monitor at your local elementary school? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Are you a drug addict, an alcoholic? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Have you ever worked around asbestos, weed killer, concrete, plastic, oil, gas, grass, pesticides, or taken any medication whatsoever? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Have you ever tripped, slipped, fallen, or been in an automobile or motorcycle accident? If so, in America, you might be entitled to compensation. Unless you are a heterosexual, monogamous, Caucasian male with conservative leanings, you may be a victim in America. The law offices of the Victims Network is looking for all women, minorities, cripples, and victims of anything so that we can sue large corporations, the government, and straight white males for millions of dollars in compensation. Call the Victims Assistance Hotline now at 1-800-VICTIM-1 for a free, no-obligation consultation. That's 1-800-VICTIM-1. 1-800-VICTIM-1. Call now. I am a non-attorney spokesperson. I had the privilege this weekend of partaking in some activities related to the Memorial Day three-day weekend. You, if you heard the program, heard me say what this Memorial Day was all about, honoring the memory and memorializing those who lost their lives in service of our country in the U.S. military. Camel Toe Harris, of course, said, y'all enjoy y'all long weekend. Enjoy y'all long weekend. What a joke. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did take some time out on the water in the boat, and I saw something I haven't seen in over 18 months. People outside enjoying themselves without the stupid magic masks. And it seems to be a nationwide trend as the U.S. has been seeing signs of the new normal while certain states roll back COVID-19 restrictions and many more people have become vaccinated. Life in the United States looked a lot more normal this past weekend than it has in well over a year and a half. Among the states that have eased rules, New York lifted its midnight curfew for bars and restaurants on Monday. New Orleans lifted its midnight curfew on bars and restaurants. Massachusetts, all pandemic-related business restrictions were eased this past Saturday, now allowing for businesses to operate at 100% capacity. It was also the first full weekend of reopening in Pennsylvania, where COVID-19 rules about restaurants and gatherings eased up and people started enjoying going out again. Of course, the one thing you realize the minute you do go out to a restaurant is much longer wait times, a much more irritated and agitated wait staff, and the need for you to eat and leave. Don't hang around. Don't sit around sipping that glass of iced tea for another 20 minutes, shooting the breeze with your friends. Those restaurant owners want you in, they want you out so that they can clean the table and bring the next people in right now, quick, fast, and, of course, in a hurry. Just ahead of the Memorial Day weekend, New Jersey ended its indoor mask mandate 
making it one of the last states to update its guidance to match the current CDC guidelines. At the same time, the governor eased rules about social distancing at businesses. It ended the prohibition of dance floors at bars and restaurants. That's right, you can now dance and sweat. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your mask behind. And if your friends won't dance, screw them. Leave your friends behind. Sorry, it's the medication, folks. Governor Ralph Racist Blackface Northam wrote an executive order ending public health restrictions in the Virginia state. He says it's time to begin our new normal. His order ended capacity limits and social distancing at businesses on Friday, which also on Friday saw Minnesota relaxing business capacity and social distancing rules. Those also apply to public transit, including buses and trains, but not airplanes. Although private transit operators may still require masks on board, and so will many of the private businesses. Because can't you just hear it now, six months from now, when another surge hits? Did you attend a restaurant or a concert and masks were not required by the local owners? You might be entitled to legal compensation. Visit the law offices of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe now to learn how you can benefit and make some paper, some cash money, because the business you went into did not require masks of everyone. I am a non-attorney spokesperson. In Kentucky, the curfew on bars and restaurants came to an end Friday. At the same time, the state loosened restrictions on businesses and events. In that state, events with fewer than 1,000 people can operate at 75% capacity. Larger events than 1,000 persons are capped at 60%, but it's all set to go away on June 11th. In recent weeks, my friends, life in America has undergone a dramatic change back to a pre-pandemic looking normal. People flock to beaches, sporting events, and bars. Supposedly half of all American citizens have now received at least one dose of the vaccine and 41% are fully vaccinated according to the CDC. With more shots in arms and fewer rules in place, vaccinated Americans are relaxing their behavior. According to an Axios Ipsos poll conducted between May 21st and 24th, 47% of people claiming they're vaccinated say they were wearing a mask outside all the time and 65% inside. Joe Biden and Ralph Northam spoke to the reality during a joint appearance in Virginia on Friday. Northam said, we're closer to a more normal life than we have been in the past 14 months. And I don't know about you, but for me, it feels really good. Biden said, we're getting our lives back. This is the Truth Hurts program. Hi, this is former football player Reese Watkins. Have you been vaccinated against the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 yet? What are you waiting for? It's been going on since 2019, and we up here in 2021. What about the Kung Fu, Wuhan flu, or the China virus? No? That didn't sound familiar. Perhaps you were left out of all the public service announcements, advertising, marketing, public relation programs. Do you feel like the man is letting you down again by not offering enough incentive to you and your group to justify receiving this vaccine? The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, along with the Joe Biden Presidential Coronavirus Outreach, really, really wants you to get the vaccine. No, really, they do. And studies have shown that even after you receive the vaccine, 
vaccine. You will still have to wear a mask or two. Remain isolated from your family, your friends, and your gatherings. But the good news is, you can still stay home from work, and you cannot get evicted from your home. Even though the federal courts have ruled that eviction moratoriums are unconstitutional, there are appeals underway. Bad news for your landlord means good news for you. So go ahead, roll up your sleeve, and let the nice man from the government stick a needle up in your arm and inject you with a chemical that still has not gotten full approval from the Food and Drug Administration. Hey, come to think of it, that heroin you just injected isn't FDA approved either. This public service announcement, courtesy of this station and the BM movement. Jonathan Ernst writes in Reuters, The U.S. Supreme Court heads into the last month of its current term with several major cases yet to be decided, including a Republican bid to invalidate the Obamacare health care law, a dispute involving LGBT and religious rights, and another focused on voting restrictions. The court, which supposedly has a 6-3 to three conservative majority, but we all know better because John Roberts is not a conservative, it has 26 total cases left to decide. There's also some speculation about the potential retirement of Justice Stephen Breyer. Liberal progressive activists are urging the 82-year-old to retire, step down so that Gropey Joe can appoint a young liberal jurist to a lifetime post on the court. The court is due to issue at least one ruling today its nine-month term starts in October and concludes by the end of June. Must be nice. Remember December, January, February, March, April, May, June. They only work eight months out of the year. Must be nice. The court is due to issue at least one ruling today. Its nine-month term starts in October, concludes by the end of June, though last year it ran into July because of COVID-19 issues. Speaking during an online event for students on Friday, Breyer hinted at the court's complex deliberations that go into deciding high-stakes cases at this time of year. He said it's complicated by the fact that you're dealing with eight other colleagues and you'd better be willing to compromise. Of course, Gropey Joe and them want him to retire because he is willing to compromise, sometimes. And they want some hard-headed, stubborn, refused-to-back-down, dyed-in-the-wool Democrat liberal to take his place. Republican-governed states have asked the High Court to strike down the Affordable Care Act, you know, Obamacare, the law that was signed by 2010 President Barack Hussein Obama, that expanded health care access supposedly in the United States, but also caused massive price hikes in the rates for insurance and dropped many, many competitive players from the market. Republicans rightly call Obamacare a government overreach they're hoping to have it struck down. Wouldn't that be nice? Back in November of last year, there were oral arguments that the court listened to, and it appears unlikely that the Obamacare will be struck down completely. If it happens, supposedly 20 million Americans could lose their medical insurance, and insurers supposedly would be allowed again to cover or refuse to cover people with pre-existing medical conditions. Another major case at issue with the Supreme Court is the one that pits religious rights against LGBT rights. The justices will have to weigh Philadelphia's refusal to let a Catholic church-affiliated group participate in the city's foster care program because that Catholic church-affiliated group refused to accept same-sex couples as prospective foster parents. The conservative justices appeared during November's arguments in that case to be sympathetic towards the Catholic group's claim that its religious rights under the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment 
had indeed been violated. The majority is conservative in the court and they've taken an expansive view of religious rights and they've spearheaded several rulings that back churches and challenges to, let's say, COVID-19 pandemic-related restrictions. With various states enacting new voting restrictions in the aftermath of the 2020 election that was wrought with fraud, the court is preparing to rule in a case concerning Arizona's voting limitations. Supporters in Arizona cite the need to combat voting fraud. I think we can all agree there is widespread voting fraud in this nation. The ruling upholding the restrictions could further undermine the Voting Rights Act that's been in place since 1965. I'm hoping the court has enough foresight, insight, intelligence to see that that claim is bullshit. Requiring an identification card, some proof that you are who you claim to be when voting, keeps you from going from polling place to polling place to polling place using different names and voting multiple times in an election. The court will also be ready to decide a closely watched case involving the free speech rights of public school students. That involves a case whether a high schooler who was punished for a foul-mouthed social media post made off campus was having her free speech rights violated under the First Amendment. There will also be major cases on gun control and abortion rights for the next term already lining up. October is not too far away. Yes, it's going to be a long, long presidential administration as we head further and further into socialism. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Truth Hurts program for June 1st, 2021. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, The Truth Hurts Network.